0: Hello and welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host Shana Fold and I'm here to give you the headlines so you can get caught up quickly. You're listening so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. Now let's get to the news. Election recap number one. Well, Here we are, the day after elections in Israel, the fourth election in two years, and unsurprisingly, we've got more political deadlock. Turnout in yesterday's election came in at around 67% down from about 4% in the last elections. Now, for many countries around the world, 67% is good, but for Israel, it's actually pretty low. It's possible a large sum of Israelis were tired from having to keep going to the polls every few months, so they just stayed home. Signs of a low turnout worried satellite parties who were on the brink of the electoral threshold in the final polls leading up to election day. However, these parties mostly exceeded their own expectations with 88 percent of the vote counted now centrist blue and white has won eight seats center-left labor seven seats and left-wing merits five as it stands right now with 88 percent of the vote tallied the pro netanyahu block of parties has 52 seats the anti-netanyahu block is at 56 seats naftali Bennett's yamina has seven and the arab ra'am party has five seats in the incoming Knesset. Netanyahu would need this party's support for a majority. Yes, the Arab party would be needed for his majority. A Yesh party official says that Yair Lapid spoke with Ra'am um, chair Mansour Abbas probably about joining the anti-Netanyahu coalition, but Abbas disputes this claim. Tuesday was nothing short of a tumultuous day for Israel in addition to the nation's fourth election— In two years, the Israeli Air Force struck targets belonging to terrorist groups in the Gaza Strip on Tuesday night. This was in response to a rocket that was fired from Gaza and landed in Beersheba while Prime Minister Netanyahu was holding a campaign rally in the southern city. This served as an opportunity for Netanyahu's right-wing rivals, Naftali Bennett and Gideon Sa'ar, to go after Netanyahu, claiming he is submissive to Hamas citing specific things like giving them vaccines with no agreement for any sort of peace in return. So people were getting on him for giving over these vaccines, saying that Hamas really should have been giving Israel something in return for this exchange. Prime Minister Netanyahu refrained from declaring victory in a speech in the early hours of Wednesday morning. Recognizing that he may fall short of the votes that he needs to build a viable coalition after a fourth inconclusive election. So let's break this down if you don't understand. In order for Netanyahu to move forward, his party needs support from other parties and that would be called a coalition. He needs this coalition to gain a majority. He pleaded with members of rival parties to put aside personal differences and partner with him to avoid yet another election. As ballots were being counted through the night, updated exit polls suggested that neither Netanyahu nor his rivals had a clear path to a Knesset majority. After a similar deadlock in elections a year ago, Netanyahu persuaded his main challenger at the time, blue and white leader Benny Gantz, to join him in a unity government. His speech this time appeared to mark the opening move in a similar effort to persuade political rivals to ally with him, although it remains unclear as to who would want to put themselves in that position since Gantz was promised the seat and never made it there. Not only did Gans, Benny Gans, never pick up the prime minister chair in the rotation, he was supposed to be number two in the rotation, but the two agreed on next to nothing the entire year, and ended the partnership without coming to a state budget, which has left thousands of people and numerous organizations around the country without any structure or finances to continue their work. Israel Daily News podcasters, if you've been enjoying this report, support it so it can continue to come out daily. You can send over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm backslash Israel Daily News backslash support. We have one central link in the show notes, which you can click on, and it'll take you to the page where you can put in your details and feel good knowing that you're supporting independent journalism. You can support us by sending over a contribution of 5 or $10 a month, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can share the show with a friend, or you can follow us on social media at IsraelDaily.News, as well as Shannafold. that's S-H-A-N-N-A-F-U-L-D, and you can also fill out our survey about this podcast. If you're tired of hearing this announcement, it may be a good time to contribute. Also, we are going to be broadcasting on Clubhouse. I'm going to try it at some point today. I think after the show goes up and edits, I'm going to do some of the stories live on Clubhouse. You can follow me at ShanaFold there. Now, more on the story we just mentioned. An airstrike was conducted on several targets in the Gaza Strip following a rocket launch that landed in Beersheva. Prime Minister Netanyahu, who was giving a speech in Beersheva at the time, was ushered away by security and taken to a safe location. This was not the first time rockets have been fired at Netanyahu's campaign events. The prime minister's reaction to the attempted rocket attack has given his political opponents much ammunition in the final stretches of campaigning for the election. Naftali Bennett did not hold back, accusing Netanyahu of being weak on the issue of Hamas, declaring that his Yamina party is the only right-wing party that will effectively stand up against terrorism. New Hope leader Gideon Sa'ar chimed in, criticizing the prime minister for giving Hamas COVID vaccines. We'll have our political analyst Juan Antonio Caldez Rodríguez from Spain join us for an election breakdown at 2 p.m. Eastern time today and 8 p.m. Israel time. Join us live on Instagram at IsraelDaily.News for that breakdown. We're going to be live for about 20 minutes. If you're not familiar with Instagram and you need help finding the interview... Contact me at shannafold at gmail.com and I will help you find it. My name has two N's in it, S-H-A-N-N-A-F-U-L-D at gmail.com. The United Nations Human Rights Council is approving an arms embargo against Israel that passed with a vote total of 32 to 6, but with an undertone of disapproval from Israel's new partner in the Gulf, Bahrain. Bahrain simply did not show up for the vote. That was their undertone of disapproval. The accountability resolution calls for UN member states to refrain from transferring arms to Israel because they may be used to abuse international human rights laws. The language that is used in the resolution is some of the harshest against the Israeli government that the Human Rights Council has ever approved. This is the first time that the Bahraini delegation has ever missed a vote regarding Israel in the Human Rights Council. Many see this move as a message of solidarity with Israel after signing the historic Abraham Accords peace treaty in August. The Middle East Quartet of Mediators, that includes the U.S., the United States, Russia, European Union, and the United Nations, are in discussions about reviving negotiations between Israel and the Palestinians to push for a viable two-state solution. We are in historic times, people. It is the first time the Quartet of Envoys have formally met since September of 2018. Just last month, the U.N. General Secretary Antonio Guterres says he hopes that the four mediators would meet in the coming weeks now that there was a new president in the White House. While the Biden administration's priorities are directed toward addressing COVID and the economy, Biden says he does support a two-state solution and a memo that was recently released outlines support for a two-state solution according to borders constructed by the Six Day War back in 1967. The Biden administration also emphasizes the importance of continuing to urge countries to normalize relations with Israel, but that normalization is not a substitute for Israeli-Palestinian peace. The leader of the ISIS terrorist group in the Sinai Peninsula, Mahmoud al-Hamadine, was killed after clashes with Egyptian and Bedouin forces close to the Israeli border. Hamadine was widely known as the most dangerous terrorist in Sinai and responsible for the deaths of hundreds of civilians and Egyptian soldiers. The terrorist leader has been arrested in the past for his involvement in the bombings in the popular Israeli tourist destination of Taba and Sharm el-Sheikh, but managed to escape and continue conducting terrorist activities. His death was the result of a joint operation conducted by Egyptian forces and the Sinai Tribal Union. ISIS in Sinai has bombed gas pipelines between Egypt and Israel and has launched rockets at Israel on multiple occasions. Keep in mind that Egypt and Israel technically have a peace treaty. In 2019, Egyptian president and dictator Abdel Fattah al-Sisi confirmed speculation that Egypt was working with Israel to combat ISIS in Sinai. Sinai is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Israel and can be entered by foot if you come through the border crossing called the Taba border crossing from Israel's most southern city in Eilat. I've actually been through this border crossing. It was quite an experience. I had a very anti-Semitic moment on the other side of the border. You can reach out to me to find out what that is. But I'm mentioning this story because the geographic proximity to Israel is just so close and so many Israeli tourists are going in and out of Sinai for good times and vacations so I just wanted to bring some awareness about the unrest in this area. And finally for something nice Last week, four residents with disabilities took flight as pilots on an El Al Boeing 737 flight simulator. Organizers of the Good Deeds Day event, which is an Israeli-invented holiday, it was invented in 2007, says these four wheelchair-bound Israelis are the first ever to train using this advanced simulator. The co-pilot seat was replaced with a wheelchair and a ramp connected these pilots for the day to the simulator. The flight was the same as it's always operated for training pilots. That's all according to Elal and ADI, which is an organization that provides rehabilitation for people with disabilities. All the participants finished out the day with certificates showing they completed the course. The Elal attendants say this marks true equality. All right, well that's it for today's show. Today is Wednesday, March 24th, 20. 20- 21. Tel Aviv has a low of 13 degrees Celsius and a high of 19 degrees. That's 56 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 67 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. I am everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top 5 stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. You'll also get the Cliff Notes version of our original stories, investigations, and interviews. You can sign up by using the link in the show notes. Thank you to Miles Gilbert, Benny Forstad, and Kobe Kapner for your contributions to the research and writing of the news. Let's hear Memories by Eugene Korlap. He's a fan favorite for the Israel Daily News. Have a great and productive day today, okay, guys? Keep the energy up just a few more days before Passover begins. If I were young, I would marry you. There's not a thing that I wouldn't do for you. If you were young, would you marry me? Would there be things that you wouldn't do for me? And now that we're old but not gone, why are we holding on to our memories? Has our time come too soon? Are we forever doomed to live through memories? i'm old i remember you now that we're old i hope you remember me too recognize this i'm in front of you recognize this that i'm singing this song for you now that we're old but not gone why are we Are we forever doomed to live through memories?